Okay, so this morning was another classic example of me spending 45 fucking minutes googling the definition of words, writing notes, and, and blah, 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 just getting them your own fucking way. And what I need to do, again, I need to relentlessly keep reminding myself, hit record and start fucking talking, lad, okay? So that's basically what I'm doing here now. Because I have something in my head and I want to explore it. And I can write notes and all the rest of it and that's great, but I sat down to record a podcast. So here I am. A time will come when I'll sit down and do three hours work and write a fucking short story on what I'm going to cover, but that's not now. I've decided to sit down and record a podcast now, and this is it. And this is an effort by me to essentially just organise my mind live. So, I've been training away with um, past guests in front of the show, Bernard Smith's training plan. He operates ultimateconditioning.ie. Check him out. Highly recommend him. What he's given me is a plan to achieve my target of running five kilometers in less than 20 minutes. And that's great. Now, the plan he gives me to do that is going to be different from the plan he gives everybody else to do that because everyone's at different levels. Some people can do more, some people can do less, some people have to build up a base before they can really even start and all that jazz. And what's become apparent is it's a gradual thing. It's, it's, a, it's a little and often and it's consistency more than anything else. I think a lot of people, myself included, have this idea of when they think of somebody who's like incredibly successful, when they think of somebody like Conor McGregor, best fighter in the world ever when we think of him training we tend to think of him gritting his teeth and fucking hammering the bag or doing hard sparring or fucking you know fucking going for it and I'm sure he does a certain amount of that but what he does far more often is a little bit consistently all the fucking time and that's the key to accomplishing anything, as far as I'm concerned. It's how you get super jacked and ripped, so you look like a fucking, you know, swimwear model. You do a little enough, and you, you, do, you do it every day. You incorporate it into your life. And the exact same thing happens if you either want to or unintentionally end up becoming, you know, really fat and hating yourself for it. It's not because of that wedding where you sculled 20 points and ate three dinners. That didn't do it. You know, it was the slightly more calories than you needed on a daily basis over time. That's what breeds results, positive and negative. It's just, it's a little and often. It's the old adage of the, the hare and the tortoise. Okay, nice and steady, nice and easy, consistent, predictable, and all the rest of it. Now, the downside of that is that's well known. There's, there's nothing fucking groundbreaking in, in what I'm saying here. It's well known. It's been well known forever. But when I set myself the target of getting off my sugar addiction, which was a ginormous success, by the way, what I said to myself was, I can just pull back on the amount of sugar that I consume. And I can do it, you know, gradually. I, I can taper back a little. Instead of having three bars in the evening, I'll have just have two. 
and then I'll do that for a week and then the next week I'll just have the one and then the next week I'll have a half and then the next week I'll have a quarter and you know over the course of the month I'll be back down to to zero or you know the odd treat but I never did that and most people don't do it I think most people who are overweight and want to lose a bit of weight they know that if they just give themselves uh, slightly less calories than they need every day only slightly less not massive amounts less slightly less over time they'll get the desired results everybody knows this everybody every there's one everybody knows this and everybody gets this okay there's nothing new here but we don't do it because we pride ourselves on being like logical and rational all the time but are we fuck there's a, a guy i'm a big fan of called dan Ariely. he wrote a great book i haven't read called predictably irrational and his whole thesis is that we're not as rational as we think we are. Quite the contrary, we're, as the book is entitled, predictably irrational. And the rational thing to do if, for example, you want to lose weight or get off your sugar addiction or, or get jacked or run faster or run further or just run or any of these things, it's a little enough and it's slow and steady. That's what needs to be done and everybody knows and gets that. But people just don't do it. And I'm not entirely sure why, and I don't particularly care why. What I'm far more interested in is figuring out what should you do if this isn't what people are doing. How can you hijack your own biology or your own psychology to get the results that you want? Or to set you up on the path? Because if it's, if it's very hard to just start incrementally improving how, how, do you, how do you get the start point? And for me personally, what I did to get off the sugar addiction was I introduced a fad diet. I did something extreme. I did something a bit mad. And I'm fucking delighted that I did. Because, and I've said this before ad nauseum at this stage, you ask somebody to pare back on the amount of calories that they eat on a daily basis, just a small amount, and over time they'll see the results they want. People generally don't do that. But you tell somebody to, you know, eat nothing but styrofoam for a month. And they'll end up having to go to the doctor in three weeks. But won't take the doctor's advice because they'll want to finish the month of eating nothing but styrofoam. There's something, there's something tangible about that kind of achievement. You've set yourself this mad goal and you're, you're going to go out and achieve it. Now again, maybe this is just for me. Now I do think that we're all more the same than we are different. So if... What I'm saying doesn't fit perfectly with you. See what part of what I'm saying does. That's the whole fucking point of this. But all of this has me thinking about where are there equivalent quote-unquote fad diets to help you with something else. So a fad diet is something you would incorporate in relation to your eating habits. So I was eating far too much sugar. I said I was going to do nothing but eat meat for a month. Did that and... It was a huge success. I'm now on my food-only diet and it's going well. I'm, it's not going to last. I can see it kind of slipping over the, over the last three weeks. It has slipped slightly. But I'm going to address that. I'm not sure entirely how. But the main point being that I, I can see it slipping. It's not as though I've woke up and went, Oh, fuck. That thing that I was supposed to be doing ended a month ago and I never even noticed. I have noticed myself slipping and it needs to be addressed. Now, it's not going to need to be addressed with something as extreme as a meat-only diet, but I am tying with the idea of doing uh, having a vegan diet for the month. 
but that's for a for another episode. There's there's method to my madness there. But I found myself thinking: Is there other areas in life whereby we can incorporate a fad diet? And I don't know why or how, but electroconvulsive therapy sprung to mind. Okay, so electroconvulsive therapy or ECT, it's also known as electroshock therapy, is Actually, I tell you what, I'm going to dig up the definition. Bear with us two secs. And I'm back in the room. Electroconvulsive therapy, otherwise known as ECT, is a procedure done under general anaesthetic in which small electric currents are passed through the brain, intentionally triggering a brief seizure. ECT seems to cause changes in brain chemistry that can quickly reverse symptoms of certain mental health conditions. Now, ECT, as far as I'm aware... Is only ever it's it's not a last resort, but it's certainly not a first port of call. Okay, it's it's typically after whatever's been recommended hasn't worked. You know, the the SSRIs haven't worked, the meditation hasn't worked, the counselling hasn't worked, the person's getting worse and worse and worse, and it's like, okay, right, let's bring it to fucking big guns. Now these days, I, I, as far as I'm aware at least, it's not nearly as as intense or as I don't know what the... Clandestine, is that the word? Fuck, give us a sec. And I'm back in the room again. No, it was archaic. Archaic is the, is the word I was looking for. These days, you're putting Regeneron anesthetic. It's very mild, the electric pulse that goes through. I'm sure it's they've pinpointed the best places to put it through. Back in the Dizzy, it was basically... You plugged a cable into the wall. On the other end of the cable, you split the, the wire into two. You stuck one in your right ear, one in your left ear. Flicked the switch and... Bzzz, that was basically how it was done. Now that's a fucking gross misrepresentation of how it was done, but not by a fucking massive amount, okay? You put a big massive jolt of electricity into, into your head and it shocks the fuck out of you. And it it's almost like it's almost like hitting the restart button on your computer. You know, it just resets you. And you can see how that is analogous in some degree to a fad diet it's something extreme you do over a a relatively short period of time that just knocks you off your your current path your current trajectory it's it's a course correction of sorts now the only other thing that can that springs to mind are psychedelics so psychedelics do something similar you take a heavy enough dose of psychedelics and your brain will be completely totally and utterly flooded with connections that you never thought possible it's 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 akin to a, a fire in your brain almost. But it's a, a relatively short period of time and there's there's a resetting of sorts. Now, very little is known about the fundamental principles behind either psychedelics and ECT as far as I'm aware. They're very blunt tools, but they do work. They do tend to have that reset. And it's that it's that reset that I think people need before they can do the rational, logical thing, which is, you know, going for a walk every day or eating slightly less calories every day or whatever it is. Getting out of a bad habit. And you've seen it in your life at times, I think. You're going along with life and everything's grand. You know, you put on a few pounds and you're not overly impressed with that, but you don't really care. And then one day a three-year-old goes, look, mammy, look, look, look at that huge, big fat man. And in that moment, you just go, fuck. When did that happen? When did I become the big fat man? Or whatever it is. You know, I I pick obesity as, as an example there. But 
I'm sure you've had a moment in your life whereby somebody said something or maybe you caught yourself in a mirror or maybe you said something out loud for the first time and there was just a there was just a click there was just a I need to sort my fucking life out but it's very hard to voluntarily generate that click and I think ECT psychedelics and fad diets if used the way that I'm promoting them are used I think they're a good way of of, of giving you that initial that initial fuck okay right I was in a bad place I wasn't able to sort out my bad place but now because of that I have a new, I have a new, I have a new framing. I suppose it's perspective again. It's it's fucking hilarious how often I circle back to the same handful of fucking things, and how we frame our problems is is everything. We we generate reality in our own terms by our own experiences. What we see, what we hear, what we consume. We view the world through the lens of our lives. And doing something extreme, whatever that is, is a big deviation from your your general existence. And when you deviate from your own general existence, you put yourself in a different place. You have a new perspective, literally. You frame things differently and you can kind of see the wood from the trees. Or at least it's it's an opportunity. And I don't think we, we give ourselves the opportunity. I don't think we give ourselves enough opportunity to do that, to reframe the problem that we have. And like anything else, your ability to reframe a situation comes with fucking practice. The more you try and do it, the more of an effort that you make to reframe what it is that you're you're focusing on. Or the way you try and get a different perspective is by constantly looking at things from different angles, or at least striving to. Because the more that you try and get a different perspective on things, the easier it will become. It's like, it's like anything. It's just, it's just practice. That's what it boils down to. I went for a hike over the weekend and there was a gang of us. There were seven or eight of us. It was a 10k one way and 10k back up and down a couple of mountains. And 20 minutes in, one of the lads who had brought his dog went, fuck, where's the dog? Dog was nowhere to be seen. You could see for fucking miles in every direction. No sign of him. And there was deer there and there were sheep there. It was Scar Mountain up in the Wicklow Mountains. And everyone kind of went, oh fuck, like this, is, <laughs> this isn't good. Like, you know, we stood around for five minutes screaming the dog's name in all directions. No sign of it. And because of the duration this was going to take us, you know, people have fucking homes to go to. And the lad whose dog went missing presumably didn't expect everybody else to go looking for him. I mean, they were, they were there to go for a hike, not to go for a fucking walk with the dog or to go look for the dog. So I said, look, man, I'll hang back with you. Me and you will go look for the dog and we'll just let everybody go about their business. Because I would have been probably closer to him than, than the other group. Other than the rest of the people in the group, should I say. So the group kind of went, begrudgingly enough, went, oh, you know, they didn't want to leave us in the lurch. But at the same time, they didn't fucking go here to look for somebody else's dog. And as I walked off, my mate goes, oh, cheers, Fran, for giving me a hand. I was like, no fucking worries, don't worry about it. And I said... Instead of it being a a hike, it's now a search and rescue mission. And I could have 
said, oh, fuck's sake, like, in my head or out loud, I could have went, for fuck's sake, I came here for a fucking hike, and now I'm going looking for your cunt and dog, fuck's sake, blah, blah, blah. But there was something about searching for the dog that actually really appealed to me, because I'm not a massive fan of having everything laid out in front of me of what I'm going to do. I like the, I like the unknown. Like, one thing that I just, I can't do and won't do and genuinely will refuse to do is assemble IKEA furniture. Because there's something about the instruction element that I don't like. What I much prefer is to be given a bag of sticks and a bag of nails and say, here, make something out of that. That now I I would actually enjoy. That would be cool to me because I can whip out the glue and I can whip out the sellotape and I can whip out the string and I can lean this off that and I can bend this over this way. And nobody can tell me at the end of it that I did it wrong. And there was something similar to that about the, the search and rescue effort for the dog. It was like, right, well, what are we going to do? And my first suggestion was, right, well, we have to get to higher ground. We have to get to a position whereby that we can see, we can kind of scan the landscape as much as we can. And then maybe one of us will walk down one side of a peak and the other of us will walk down the other side of a peak and we'll circle around to kind of meet each other. And that hadn't been thought of before because we didn't go there in a search and rescue mission. You had to think on your feet. And I like that. I like thinking on my feet. Now, the downside of that is I intend to... I don't intend to do anything. I tend to do that too much because what I'm outlining here is literally the opposite of structure. And I've had an abundance of a lacking of structure, if that even makes sense. I've had any amount of... Fuck, what's the opposite of structure? Jesus, three times in one fucking podcast. Back in a sec. Yeah, nothing jumped out at me there, so I'm going to go with a different tact and I'm going to uh, take a leaf out of Jordan Peterson's book and call it Chaos and Order. So structure being order and chaos being whatever the opposite of of structure is. So I've had plenty of chaos and I'm going to speak of it in terms of the business. So made it up out of nothing, didn't really know what I was doing and I've had five years of that. And that's been great for me because I'm that suits me. Like like the way I like I don't like putting IKEA furniture together and I like the idea of just creating something myself. That was very appealing to me. But you can have too much of a good thing. And I've certainly had far too much chaos in my life. Far too fucking much. And the little bit of structure that the diet has given me, that the training plan that Bernard has given me, that scheduling these uploads has given me, that's helped massively. I'm only at it a fucking wet week and it's helped massively. Because if nothing else, it frees up more time for me to enjoy the chaos of something else that I'm involved in. I uploaded a video there yesterday of a sheep skull that I've soaked in a 10% solution of hydrogen peroxide to, to bring it up, to, to, to have it in such a way that it's, it's kind of presentable. It was a bit green and a bit manky. And I could have Googled exactly how to do it step by step, but I didn't. I was, I, I've heard the term bleaching, so I presume it was bleach. Now, I just double-checked it because I didn't want to destroy it. And bleach isn't the thing that you use to whiten the skull. It's hydrogen peroxide, which luckily enough, I happen to have. Now, I haven't Googled anything more than that. I haven't Googled what you should do before, during, or after, how you should dry it, or any of that crack, because I'm a learn-by-doing type of person. And that's great. And that worked today in particular, or sorry, the other day when I did it, because I had a schedule... For the day I had, I'm back working. Thanks be to fuck. The restaurants are opening soon enough, and I've gotten a couple of orders in. So that's been another huge addition of structure to my life. I have 
things that need to be done and all the things that need to be done, the eating, the showering, the going to work, all that, as far as I'm concerned, should be viewed as scaffolding for your life. And you should be able to attach, you know, your training and playing with the kids and meeting your mates and socialising and doing whatever it is that you like to do. All of those things, you, you clamp them on to the existing scaffolding. If you don't have that scaffolding, everything's thrown around in your boot and you don't know where fucking anything is. You can't put your hand to it and you essentially don't fucking have access to it, so you may as well not have it. All it is is it's just a big complicated mess that you're too afraid to fucking look at. But if it was organised, you'd be glad to open the boot because you'd be like, first order retrieval, happy days, there's my thing, there's the other yoke and there's the thing in the back that I might need on the day that I might need it. And what all this has me thinking is, I think that there's two main things here that I'll try and close this out on. One is knowing yourself or getting to know yourself. So I know that I enjoy chaos, but I also know that nothing but chaos is too overwhelming for me. You need a bit of structure. The other thing then is once you have the structure in place, you, you get the structure in place first, I think, and then you try and clamp on things that you would like to do onto that. The chaotic things clamp onto the structural things. So when everything falls apart, when you haven't gone and met, meet, met your friends for a while, or if you haven't done that thing that you enjoy doing, you haven't played that sport, you haven't played, picked up the guitar, you haven't listened to your podcast, you haven't done any of those things that you just like to do from time to time. You always have the structure of you know your family and your work and your diet. They're all nailed down. They're all solid. You can always take shelter in the structure in your life. And I'm going to close out in this episode by posing a question. What equivalent to fad diets can you think of or electroshock therapy? What jolts are there there to shock the system? Just to, to give you that realisation that you need to fucking change as opposed to just kind of going, oh, I, I need to change. What, what are you going to do? Because I, I don't know why, but I think there's there's a step between realising there's a problem and implementing what you need to do. I think there's a step in between them. And I think that step is something extreme. And it doesn't have to be extreme. Like It's extreme to you. Like if you've never ran 5K before, just running it is is extreme. It might take you 45 minutes. Now running 5k to me, to me isn't extreme. Because I do it all the time. So it, it obviously has to work for you. But the, the idea again is I think there's a step between wanting to change and implementing a sustainable, predictable plan. I think that there, there needs to be some sort of shock therapy. There needs to be something to... I think you need to be knocked... Do you need to be knocked out of a bad habit before you can change it into a good habit? Is there a transitional period between a good habit... Or sorry, is there a, is there a transitional period between a bad habit and a good habit? Is that essentially what I'm trying to, to get at? So you've got a bad habit. You're eating too much. You're not sleeping enough. You're sleeping too much. You're not training. You're you're not active enough. You know that there's some sort of a problem, and typically problems are the result of a bad habit. 
But in order to turn a bad habit into a good habit, I don't know why, but I'm just inclined to believe that there's a step between between the two. I don't think I don't know if you can just change a bad habit into a good habit. So look, I'm open for fucking suggestions. You'll get me on 089 60 47 888. And on that note, I'll chat you soon.